Fly vardagen en stund med GVS ljudböcker. Stenar och slagord flyger genom luften. Däck och bilar sätts i brand hör vi genom våra kontakter. Men det här är ju han. Cesar klappade Arturo på axeln. Vem han? Grinige byggaren från tv. Lyssna gratis på GVS ljudböcker. Finns hos Acast eller där du hittar dina poddar. Burrows Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award winning seating they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow you always get fast free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Krull och kriminell. Internationell. På ett av alla kaféer downtown Los Angeles träffar jag Lamar Glenn som berättar om livet och tankarna efter nästan 20 år som medlem i ett av världens mest omtalade och ökända gäng, Crips. Okej, okay, uh, my name is Lamar Glenn, 33 years old, uh, born and raised here in uh, South Los Angeles. How is the life in the gang? It's tough because, you know, once I made that decision, uh, You know, I, I made a, I basically I made a commitment to uh, death and destruction. You know, and you know I became a target. You know, it was times where you know people attempted to kill me, and you know I was shot at. You know, um, I had to prepare myself to be armed with weapons to protect myself. Uh, I experienced more encounters with uh, police officers and going to jail, and uh, it was just a 360. You know, so. Every all the promise I had coming through school, the school system, you know, junior high, high school, graduating, uh, was uh, pretty much just dwindling down the drain, you know. Lamar Glenn är 1,90 lång, svart, tränad och tatuerad på armar, ben och vänster ansiktshalva. Men det är ändå kläderna som avslöjar hans gängtillhörighet. De blå färgerna som han har på caps, tröja och skor är välkända signum för Crips. I grew up in uh, South South LA, which is a uh, uh, you know it's it's a gang infested, you know a lot of crime, um, a lot of gang activity, a lot of uh, drug dealing and stuff like that. So um, so growing up, um, I dealt with that, and uh, it was at, it was at this it was at a young age, 16, 17, that um, a lot of the guys I grew up with, you know, started kind of gravitated towards gangs and. You know, I had uh, ties with them, 
and uh, eventually as I got older, I started hanging out with them more and I eventually decided to join the gang. Originally for the purposes of making money because I wasn't able to get a job. I have four brothers, uh, two brothers now rest in peace. They were older brothers and uh, growing up, uh, they were a part of the, of the gang as well in our, in our community, so, which, were, which are Crips. I ended up joining the same gang as my brother, but you know, it wasn't because of him, it was because of a lot of friends that I grew up with were a part of this gang as well. He actually discouraged me from joining the gang, so. Why? Because he knew the lifestyle, he knew what it brings. You know, he had been shot before, he almost died before, he had been to jail, so he didn't want that for me. You know, he saw the potential that I could be something greater, you know. Why settle for less? But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it was my decision. And my decision alone, and I made the decision, so. It, it made him cry, but, you know, once it was official, he kind of accepted it and uh, kind of embraced it, you know, so. Raymond Washington och Stanley Tucky Williams startade Crips 1969. Gänget växte snabbt och blev ett av USAs största. Riktigt lika stora är inte rivalerna Bloods, men precis som Crips har sina färger i blått har Bloods blivit synonymt med rött. So being that I was a Crip, there was also restrictions, you know, certain places I couldn't go with, uh, without being a target. If I did go, I would have to be armed and protected. You know, uh, because one of our biggest rivals are our blood gangs, and they wear red. So being that I will wear blue, or you know, I will wear symbolic colors of a crib. You know, whether it's a hat or shoes or whatever, um, or even a belt, because you know you can wear colored belts here that symbolizes where you're from. Uh, navy blue or dark, or like a royal, like a Dodger blue. Um, you don't want to wear. It's, it's certain hats that you. You would wear, because it would identify with your gang. So, so if I wore a, a baseball cap, it would like for my neighborhood, it would have, it would have maybe a, a C on it for crip or a G on it for gangster. You know, I wouldn't wear a hat with an N or an H on it because those stand for other crip gangs that are rivals. Because crips do beef with other crip gangs. So. You know, all these beefs. What's it about? Territory control of the drug trade. I kind of view it as like modern day tribe, you know. Um, we're all, every gang, you know, Bloods, Crips, we have different gangs and the, the Hispanics. We're all like kind of modern day tribes and everyone wants to kind of dominate, have a, like a, a dominance over a certain field or area. You know, it's all about kind of like control, you know. And you look at countries like in Europe, you look at like Russia, you know how they kind of, how provocative they are, you know, with some of the things they do. When it, in terms of, you know, like with the Ukraine, you know, the Ukraine is not bothering anybody, but they want control, you know, they're, so they're, they're kind of in a stance where they want to take over Ukraine, because it's all about making Ukraine part of, you know, Russia. You know, kind of if you look in history with like the USSR and some of that stuff, you know, so as big as Russia is, and sometimes as, as gangs, No matter what, we, we want more, you know. If we can defeat this gang, we can take over their neighborhood and territory. So, it, it, so it's, it's, it's pretty much that. In most gangs you talk to, they have the mindset like, it's us against everyone else. It's us and fuck everybody else. The police, these people, so. So how come you fight internal? I mean, between different cribs? <laughs> kind of like I mentioned, it, it can be uh, 
for territory. You, you know, you want you want more territory. It can be over drug drug related. You know, you want control of the drug sales. So I thought, that, like, when you're talking about brotherhood, that's There's, only for the gang itself. It's not like for the whole. Yeah, that's only for the immediate gang organization. I mean, yeah, but in today's world, there's no brotherhood even within inside the gang. So each gang is different. There's no one person that runs the Crips now. The Crip is broken into many, many, many gangs, and many gangs operate differently. Med ungefär 30-35 000 medlemmar i USA har internrivaliteten blivit ett stort problem. Ibland sträcker det sig inte längre än från ett kvarter till nästa. Och det är fler från Crips som dött i uppgörelser med andra Crips-medlemmar än i konflikter med rivaliserande gäng. Men gemensamt för alla är ordet som fått stor betydelse och ofta används av medlemmarna. Cripping. Så so, cripping would be, you know... As a crip, how you know how you conduct yourself, you know, being being solid, which was considered like being, you know, uh, you know, tough. You know, if someone calls you out, you you fight all your battles. You know, you you shoot, kill, do whatever you have to do when necessary. You conduct yourself a, a, in a proper way in, in a prison. You know, you 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 work out. You're militant. You you you're a leader. Stuff like that. So. Um, You have to be a crip to be to be to to crip. I mean, you have to be a crip in order to be a part of the cripping. You know, you can't be a SA or, or a Hispanic gang member. You can't be a blood. Yeah, in order to be the crip, to, to do the cripping, you have to be a crip. Is it a long time? Do you have to like be a hang around before, or is it? I mean, it helps because the best way to learn how to how to crip is by being around other crip members. It's preferably with, with, with experience and with, like you said, the OGs, because they're going to show you. Are there any unwritten laws? Yeah, like you, you always fight your battles. You don't turn down any fights, you know. You do what you have to do when necessary, all the time. You know, there's no beating around the bush, you know, you take care of business. You told us earlier that you were a good, successful drug dealer. Yeah. What makes a good drug dealer? Well, what I what I learned is, for one, I, I knew how to manage and save money. I learned customer service. I learned how to deal with people that were coming in, coming through and buying drugs from me. I had multiple connections. I had people who always had drugs. When they run out, I always had backup plans. So, the main successful drug dealer was I had I had clientele. I had a lot of customers coming from different parts of California to buy drugs from me. Um, I had good customer service. I made people feel. You know, safe and comfortable coming in person stuff, and uh, always I, I, the same. A lot of the same things that you kind of see in stores are encouraged in a in a black market with using drugs. You know, incentive programs. You know, when bring bring me customers, I would give them free drugs. When people come and spend a certain amount, I give them free stuff. You know, and I, I just make people feel good. You know, if they called me, they would be nervous. Like, hey, you know, I don't got no money. I need credit. Like, hey, no problem. Yeah, you go. No problem. Anytime. Simple, it was little things like that. They made them like, oh, you know, it just was cool. I'm gonna, they keep coming back. As opposed to going to all, because it's all these other drug dealers. They felt comfortable coming to me. I wasn't going to rob them, because you have some drug dealers, you know, they, they, they rob, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a dirty game. Sometimes they'll rob their customers, they'll set them up, things that happen when their customers are coming to purchase from them. And they can go to jail, so I provided a safe environment. I was able to secure trust in the people coming. But that takes time. That's not something that happens quickly. It takes time. How was it when you started? I mean, like tr- tr- people trying to cheat you? And- yeah, it was. It was rough. It wasn't easy. It was hard. 
you have some Very story special. from that time you can tell us about? So, uh, 2002, I was maybe 18, 19 years old. I remember I, I stayed up all night selling drugs. So, um, a lady I know who usually buy drugs from me, she brought some guy that she met somewhere in Watts, California, Watts, and about the projects. And uh, he came through and uh, he wanted some drugs. And I gave him a $20 worth of drugs. And, uh, you know, I'm standing by his car. And when I put the drugs in the hand, the same thing. He he steps on the gas and he just, boom, he stabs off. So I have my hand on the window. So uh, this is about six in the morning. I'm half asleep and my pocket was heavy because I had a lot of change from, from the transactions overnight. And so while he's uh, speeding off, I'm holding on to the window. I'm like, motherfucker, you must, you must want to get shot because I thought I had my gun on me. So my pocket was heavy. So I'm trying to grab my gun. I didn't have it on me. It was, my pocket was, it was heavy because of the change. So once I, by the time I realized I didn't have my gun and he's speeding out and the lady that was with her, she's screaming. And so I'm running with the car. I'm like running with the car. And so I let go, I just flipped and all this was scarred up six in the morning. So that's how I started my Saturday. I just remember being pissed off, like, man, fuck, you know. Because in my mind, I'm like, man, I want to kill this motherfucker, man. He played me close, you know, so. And uh, I ended up seeing the lady, the lady that was with her. Like I said, I know her. I ended up seeing her like a month later. And, She paid me the money for it. She said, oh, you know, she didn't know who he was. She was just trying to get high. That's the purpose why she brought him over there. But, but yeah, that was a story. That was a hell of a story. Because um, in my mind, I'm thinking I'm about to blow his head off. But I didn't have my gun on me. And I'm, the whole time I'm running with the car like this, and, you know, the car is accelerating. And my, 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 my feet's getting up. And I just flip. So. What would you say is the biggest myths about gang life? The biggest miss. Um, I don't know. I would have to hear. I would have to hear someone. I would. That's probably a question I would have to ask you. Like, what are what are some of the things you hear about in, in your country that uh, people say about Crips or Bloods? And I can kind of say whether it's true or false. If it's exaggerated. When people ask you questions and stuff like that, what was the biggest misunderstanding? Uh, There's no real misunderstanding. I mean, pretty much what you hear is what it is. Some things are exaggerated. You know, you might watch a movie in your country and you might see uh, prisons in Cal and, and, and here in America are kind of kind of dramatized to make it seem like it's super hard. Most, most prisons today in California, they're not super hardcore, but they are dangerous, you know. But for instance, do you have to kill someone to be a gang member? Or do you have to do some things to become a gang member? No. How do you become a gang member? It's just a matter of wanting to join the gang. And uh, you would be initiated. You So basically you would fight like four or five people at a time. Maybe about a minute, two minutes. And then from there, uh, you're, you're pretty much a part of the family. Different gangs do different things. You know, Some gangs might say, well, once you're, you fought four or five people, maybe a minute apiece. Now it's time to put in work, which is you go and try to shoot or kill somebody. Uh, in my case, that wasn't the case. My gang, we didn't. It wasn't mandatory that you go shoot and kill people. You know, it was just mandatory that you be initiated, which is you fight four or five people, and then after that, you are expected to shoot and, and kill people, but it's not a requirement. You know. So, what do you think about these fights? Um, they can be brutal. They can be tough. But um, it's kind of like a test. Of, it's kind of like a way of kind of testing your heart before you join the gang. 
if you have the courage and the heart to fight four or five people differently, you know, one-on-one or sometime at the same time, it shows, it's kind of like a testament to your character, like, okay, now, you know, you cool. And then if you want to leave? Some people, some people, different gangs are different because different gangs are kind of structured, more stricter, you know. Um, some people, they leave, they just never come back. They just... Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You never, we can't find them. What would you have told yourself when you know today about the gang life that you didn't know then? Uh, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. I mean, I had a lot of good times, you know, in the gang life. I had a lot of good times, a lot of ups, a lot of downs. But at the end of the day, it wasn't worth it because it's a lot of heartache, you know. It created a, it made me into an interesting person, you know, from a, from a, from a, uh, from the, uh, the aspect that, you know, like today, you know, um, I think the gang culture, it made me uh, somewhat temperamental, you know what I mean? Like, I can be real, you know, cool, laid back, but, you know, the stuff I experience as a gang, man, just like that, I can, I can, I can go, you know, I can go very, very, very bad. And, Obviously, that anger started when I was younger, was my with my dad, you know, and the tension guy with my dad. But the gang just magnified that the gang lifestyle, man. Because every time I got shot at, it made me angry. Every time rival gangs came to the neighborhood trying to shoot at us or trying to do stuff, it made me angry. When I was in jail and things would happen to me, it made me furious. So a lot of things I did was was sparked by fury, and the fury was created in the gang culture and lifestyle I lived. It kind of was in, in, enhanced. How was the gang life during time? Has it changed? Yes, right now, you know, gangs are more about drugs now. So you have a lot of people who are, drug, who are gang members that are addicted to crystal meth and heroin and crack cocaine and, you know, all these, all these drugs. So, you know, when you have a lot of people that are living a gang lifestyle that are drug addicts, it's not a good combination because you have a lot of people out here doing crimes and, and hurting people under the influence of drugs. And that can be dangerous because innocent people get hurt and all type of bystanders are, are caught in the in the crossfire. So you become more of these people. So you have a lot of crimes that are happening that are reckless, very much reckless because these people are doing under influence of drugs. 
besides the drugs, how has the gang culture changed? No loyalty. You know, people tell on each other a lot more today. The police pay people now to testify against their, their neighborhoods and their crime means. And the police offer a lesser sentence if you cooperate and get the next man convicted. So you have a lot of informants. You have a lot of uh, infiltrators in the neighborhood. You might think they're, you know, the homie or part of the gang or your brother or whatever you want to call them. He's really an informant, you know, and he's infiltrating the gang and providing intelligence to the FBI and the LAPD. So, you know, and that's where you hear about a lot of gang injunctions where gangs are being uh, being sent to jail under the RICO Act, federal corruption investigation type stuff. And you have so you have a lot of gangs under that are in the federal prisons now under federal investigation because of those reasons, uh, you know, informants and, you know, gangs been infiltrated. So, you know, there's there, the, there's no loyalty today. When I came, there was more of a, a kind of respect, a loyalty, a camaraderie. To me today, it's not there. Förutom Lott och Cripping har de också blivit kända för sin egen och speciella Cripwalk eller Seawalk som de också kallas. En typ av rullande dans på pigga studsande fötter. The Crip Walk is a dance that Crips do. But what happened was um, as when gangs kind of became popular here in America in the music, you had everyone doing the Crip Walk. But in reality, the origin of it, it's a, it's a lifestyle. You, you were supposed to be a Crip in order to do it, but then it went mainstream to where everyone's doing, like, you know, musicians and stuff like that. R&B groups, you know, popular, you know, pop singers were doing it. And that's where it became like a form of disrespect because people have died living a lifestyle as a crib. And you have people like uh, Usher, or, uh, there was a group called B2K back in the day. Uh, they were doing it in their music videos and they don't they don't even have no idea what they're doing. So so it's kind of disrespectful when a guy like Usher is, is doing a crib walk. It's not just a walk, it's a lifestyle. It's a, it's a, it's a culture, as a crib that comes with that. Usher's not a crib, Usher's not a gang member. So if he's crib walking, that's a problem because crib walking is tied into a lifestyle because you have people that have died as cribs. Exempel på några gängmedlemmar är gått bra för er. Snoop Dogg, Nate Dogg, ECE, Warren G, Ice-T, Coolio, Scarface och Exhibit. Of course I listen to a lot of crib music, Game X, Snoop Dogg and all the guys that are affiliated with Snoop Dogg. Um, But I used to listen to like oldies and R&B and you know. But can a blood listen to Snoop? Yeah, they do, they do. And vice versa, it's Crips that listen to, uh, you know, musicians that are bloods like Mac-10 and uh, The Game and et cetera, et cetera. So, so it happens, that's fine. That's not, it's not like a rule that say you can't do it. Det är svårt att sitta mitt emot en gängmedlem från Crips som har en tår tatuerad i ansiktet utan att börja tänka budskap på vad den kan stå för. There's no sign for the Crips. Um, some people would say if they have a teardrop like this, I mean they kill somebody. Um, I think with the skinheads here in, in California, if they have a lightning bolt, it means they killed a black man or something like that. So, so it varies for the Crips. It's, it's, there's not there's no one thing that you would get. It varies from different people. You know, my teardrop, for example, it just it represents uh, the pain that I've experienced. You know, living the life I live. This, so this is not symbolic for you know someone dying, but for a lot of people it is. So your tattoo area with the tear yeah. in your face, yeah. is that before or after the gang life? 
this was in prison, so this was in the mix. In, this was in a in the midpoint of the, the gang life, you know. So, but like I said, I got mine because it, it represents the pain, you know. So this is like a tear of me. This is like kind of like a symbolic, a, sim, a symbolism of me crying because of the things I experienced, not just in the streets with the gangs, but also in prison. You know, my mom passed away. You know, family members passed away. You know, people betray. You know, the betrayal I mentioned with the brotherhood. Uh, being shot because I've been shot a few times by rival gangs. I've shot in people. I almost, almost shot a kid. You know, luckily the gun jammed. So, you know, looking back, it just makes you know, it just kind of makes me just shake my hair like, damn. It makes me tear up. You know, like especially the situation. I almost shot a kid. I was like this, like boom, and the gun it didn't go off. How come? How, how old was he? How old was the kid? Or the kid was maybe 13. It was a it was a accidental uh, mistaken identity, and what happened was uh, I was 20, and uh, we were my neighborhood was beefing with a rival crip gang, and um, there were some guys hanging on the corner that that were um, they were staking us out from this gang. So I so I had my brother drive around and drop me off by a store through a back alley. So when I run out this alley. With this gun, I was supposed—I should be running into the same corner they were just standing on. So I had a 357. Um, so I had a 357 where you—you you have to cock it back to shoot. And um, God willing, when I come out the alley, I see a shadow, and I'm thinking it's the people that were just staking us out—the rival gang. But it wasn't. It was a little kid just walking through. And so I ran across the sidewalk, and as soon as I came under the. Uh, The thing, once I seen a shadow, I, I didn't want to, because I knew they had guns. We could see the guns, so I didn't want to waste time. So as soon as I came a corner, I'm like, click, and the gun, the, the bullet jammed, luckily. And this was a revolver, so you know, that really doesn't happen with revolvers. So I said, click. And the kid was like, <gasps> and I just kind of froze for, for a second, like, what the fuck? And then I looked this way, and the guys that I was taking out were walking back. So I cocked the gun back again, and I shot at them. <gasps> And they ran back, and they kind of ran, and they start shooting back. Like, boom, boom. And so it's so it's return fire. Boom, 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 boom. And then I ran, and just that quick, you could hear the kind of the police helicopter, and I jumped in the car and got on. But I couldn't help but to think, like, I thank God that I didn't I didn't shoot that kid, man. That would have been traumatizing because, you know, one thing about gangs, they teach you to get your man. We're not in the business of hurting innocent people. You know what I mean? It's about getting your man. So. That that would have even even I didn't think you know I haven't thought about it until today. But even thinking about it now, talking it makes me kind of emotional. I'm, I thank God that um, I didn't you know I didn't shoot because he probably I'm pretty sure it was like right to the chest. He probably would have died. En av många händelser i Lamars liv som nu ändå fått honom att börja ändra på sitt sätt att tänka för framtiden. Idag är han villkorligt frigiven med strikta restriktioner. Han får varken träffa eller umgås med personer kopplade till sitt gamla gäng. Han får inte ens klä sig i blott och platser som anses vara gängrelaterade och därmed riskområden. There's really no purpose of joining gangs today in my opinion. Well, people join it for different reasons. They feel broken. They want acceptance. You know, people want to feel like they belong. And it's and growing up in the neighbors we we grow up in, it's it's, it's easy to feel belong and feel acceptance joining these gangs. But as time goes on, we realize that it's for the wrong reasons. And what we thought was an illusion. What we saw was an illusion. It's not really what it looks like. It's not really what we what it seems like. What was your biggest disappointment? 
the, the fact that this brotherhood within the gang turned against me over money, that was a huge disappointment. You know, over money. You know, once I became a successful drug dealer, you know, uh, and some people still kind of struggled or didn't become successful, I didn't make the kind of money I was making, they turned against me. And they turned against me in the form of creating rumors and, and trying to uh, smut or distort my character. You know what I mean? So. How did it affect you? I mean, what did you it, have to do? It made me, it made me, it, it hurt me one, but it made me uh, angry and violent. So what I had to do was isolate myself one by one. So I started to separate myself from people. I couldn't trust people. I started not to like a lot of people, no matter even though I had a lot of family ties and a lot of love for them. So it turned me against a lot of people. And I had to arm myself with um, weapons, you know, in the event that they mount an attack on me. Your own yeah. family? Yeah. In a way, yeah. 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 Sad, but it's the truth. How did it end? So uh, one of the guys I was uh, beefing with, he got killed by a rival gang member. And uh, in the process of the, of the murder uh, investigation, my name was mentioned as a suspect. And uh, the police end up eventually end up coming raiding my house, and uh, I engage and I I engaged in a uh, shootout with the LAPD, and uh, was shot several times, and uh, ended up going to jail for that. So I went to to the hospital first, and from there I went to jail, and uh, I was in, I ended up accepting the deal for 10 years, a prison term here in California. And, uh, my time in jail, I still ran and operated with the gang and uh, kind of conducted my business as a crib would and in prison. And when I paroled, uh, I reached out to a few people and talked to them and uh, it wasn't the same. I just realized that, um, you know, it's, it's kind of time to just let go. You know, I'm 33, years, I'm 32 now. You know, it's time to kind of move on for the best. Uh, whatever it is I'm holding on to psychologically, I need to let go. And it was time to, uh, to move forward with my life, you know in a positive way, so that's when I just kind of just drifted apart and just separated myself from the, the gang lifestyle. When you leave a gang, is it like in a, the MC world, then you can have like good or bad standing? Yeah, I mean, I, me personally, I don't really care what people think because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, a lot of people turned against me and made, made me feel a certain type of way, so. However, however people feel, personally, it doesn't matter. Um, the people I talk to today um, from the neighborhood, you know, they respect what I'm going through. You know, they, they always, you know, most of the people are encouraging, hey, you know, you're working, that's right. You know, do what you have to do, you know, stay positive. And so that's my position. You know, I, I'm not, when I was younger, it was about reputation. I don't care about reputation today. You know, I just, I only think I care about is living, enjoying my life and moving forward. So, in five years, what are you doing? Hopefully, in five years of a BA degree, um, uh, I can see myself being, hopefully, a homeowner, you know, becoming a homeowner for the first time here in California. And uh, in five years, uh, that's, that's kind of where I see myself. Uh, And a lot of annoying kids around your legs. Um, I, in five years, I, no more than two. No more than two. I can see myself. I see if I can have a boy or girl, I'd be good. Not a lot, maybe a couple. Thank you for your time and good luck. Oh, thank you. Du, tack som fan att du lyssnar och vi hörs såklart vidare. 
Men om det är något som du undrar över, vill komma med tips, råd eller vad fan som helst så går det alltid bra att skriva via Instagram, krullokriminell eller krullokriminellgmail.com Bock och bug. Ha det bra. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Fly vardagen en stund med GVS ljudböcker. Stenar och slagord flyger genom luften. Däck och bilar sätts i brand, hör vi genom våra kontakter. Men det här är ju han. Cesar klappar där Toro på axeln. Vem han? Grinige byggaren från tv. Lyssna gratis på GVS ljudböcker. Finns hos Acast eller där du hittar dina poddar.